0: Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST.
1: You are listening to Scoop B Radio. What's going
0: on? I hope wherever you're listening from, you and your loved ones are safe during this COVID-19 period. Hey, this is the producer of Scoop B Radio, DJ Menio. I would just like to take the time out to give a big thanks for the listeners to the pod. We did record numbers last month, so on behalf of Scoopy and myself, thank you for the four years of supporting Brandon on his media journey. If you have a few minutes to spare, please fill out a short listener survey. Go to scoopyradio.com/poll. You can also share
1: your opinions about the show so we know what works and what we can do better. That's scoopyradio.com/poll. S-C-O-O-P. The letter B. R-A-D-I-O. Dot com slash p-o-l-l. Don't worry if you didn't catch any of that, the link will be in the description. You're listening to Scoop B Radio with Brendan Robinson. E.K. Manny Manny. Scoopy Radio. You know what's official if Barry Bond said, Yo the best in the business. That's word of Scoop. You either tuning in or reading the word from Scoop. He give you the business. He show you the proof. If Scooby say it, you know it's the truth. Sports and entertainment, he give you the mix. Some of the biggest interviews he gave you to fix on iTunes, the number one podcast, the Jordan, the journalist, the goats, so why ass. Watch out, watch out. If, watch out. About it, if he naming them, Scoopy.com, do numbers like Chamberlain pin game is a gift got the gift to gab if he say this it gospel it's as simple as that now pay attention and you can see the way it go enough but this talking this is scoop b radio you're listening to scoop b radio get on his instagram now at follow Scooby. him at scoop Bees, follow him yes sir Scooby what's up cousin good ain't nothing man trying to make it make it happen what's going on with you that shit chilling about to get on this game what you about to play? Two K. Okay. Every time we talk, when we did the Scoopy Radio podcast, I think we were playing Madden back in the yeah. Form. I play all the games, bro. Who's your squad on Two K?
0: How? I don't play no squad. I only play in the park. I only play uh, Rick. Well, my player.
1: Okay. Yeah. What's up, bro? Nothing, man. I've been paying attention to what's going on in the league. I've been writing like crazy. Somebody's in the comments saying your hair growth is like crazy. Well, mine? Yeah.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I've been taking good care of it, man. When you happy, man, you'd be surprised how much hair you can grow when you happy.
1: Scoop, well, hopefully hey, some man. of that energy rub off on me, you know. Come on, man. We get it. Huh? We <laughs> get it over there. We get over there, my brother. How you doing, though? You good? Working hard. Podcast is going well. Um, writing is going well. Just um, paying attention to everything that's been going on with the league. And I'm curious to know your thoughts on everything that went on yesterday. Oh, Uh... You selling everything with the league?
0: Yeah. I mean, what? Bringing back basketball?
1: Yeah. How do you
0: feel? Do you feel though so it's safe? I mean, no, it's probably not safe. But, you know, people do crazy things, man. I mean, I, mean, I know the fans want them back. I know um, a lot of players that want to play and compete and do the things that they love. But, I mean, is it safe? I don't know. Probably not. But, you know, we tend to do a lot of shit. Uh, <laughs> That's not safe. I mean, people fucking go bungee jumping and jumping out of planes all the time. That shit ain't safe, but it's fun, and they do it. So.
1: Right. When I, when I look at um, Kyrie Irving's part, you actually were in a movie with him, uh, Uncle Drew. Are you surprised, based off of what's been reported, how outspoken and how much respect he's commanded from his peers? Uh, I mean, Kyrie's a
0: good dude, man. He's smart. He's very intelligent you know he knows uh I mean, he knows himself he knows what you you know what he's what he stands for and what he believes in so i mean uh, anybody that has a voice that believes in what they speak and what they say and what they do you know then you know more power to you uh yeah. an individual to always speak out about you know what he, you know what he likes and what he believes doesn't believe so it's cool you know to have somebody you know, in that light in that uh you know he's you know he's a superstar in this league, so you know people are gonna listen, and you know when he speaks, so uh, it's good. I mean, it's 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 time they you know start opening their ears and you know, listening to the guys, uh, you know that a lot of these kids are looking up to.
1: When I look at um like the landscape of the NBA, I kind of feel like we're in a. So hear me for a second. When I look at Melo, I look at LeBron, I look at those guys. Those are the OGs now, right? That's KD. weird, right? Huh, isn't
0: it? That's weird, right? They were so young, and it was like, we were so young in the beginning, and now we're the the OGs and the 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 the, 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 el- the, the elderly. That's funny.
1: Yeah, y'all got chateaus in your NBA AARP bar. Um, when I look at Kyrie though, guys like Kyrie, guys like KD, uh, guys like Steph Curry, guys like Harden and Lillard. I feel like they were where mellow and LeBron were like 2014. Like, like, like they, they, that baton has been passed, but then you have the next generation, like John Morant, you have the next generation of Zion Williamson. When you look at today's NBA player, do you admire how more vocal they are as opposed to maybe your age bracket and the nineties?
0: Man. Well, like, when we when I was young we didn't have we didn't have a voice. It was like you're young, you gotta be quiet, you gotta like wait your turn to have a voice. Mhm. Guys, I mean, popular, you know, before they even make it to the league and now when it league it's like you know, like you know, they've they've already had the fan base to be able to speak and you know, to have their, their you know, their word be heard.
1: If that makes sense. No, it does. It does. And it and it and I think when I look at the John rants, I look at the the, the, the Zion Williamsons. I think there's a level of humility. Um almost like kind of a throwback. they respect you guys. They're receptive of you. But they're also carving their own niche. And I think that kind of goes back to what you were talking about the fair base.
0: As they should though. Like we should we should all have a voice no matter how old, how young, what how many years you've been in the league. Sure. Because you know we like we all have a we, we all believe in something. We all want to stand for something, so uh, it's good that, you know, a lot of more people are speaking out, uh, express how they feel, because a, a while, when I, when I came in the league, they cared.
1: Yeah. So, when I... It's
0: w- beautiful to see, actually.
1: I, I would agree with you. Um, when I um, had just listened to a lot of athletes talk about race, race relations, and all of those things, um, I think Utah, this, uh, Kevin, or excuse me, the, the Russell Westbrook thing in Utah opened people's eyes that Fans say a lot of things. You've seen on social media, people say things.
0: Surprise! You'll be surprised with some mean fans and or even racist fans can say some crazy things. I mean, probably not as much as guys like Jackie Robinson who had to literally put up with that shit during the games, after the games, every day at home. You know what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. so I can I can only imagine. Uh, But they do say some crazy shit, and sometimes. And then when we uh, like react from it. We're the animals. We're the, you know, we're the instigators. We're the ones that started it.
1: Where do you draw the line? Where people say, "Okay, well, we're the fans. We pay the big bucks. We could say whatever we want." But then don't the come, athletes
0: say like this: "Don't come to the game. Like, if that's the case, don't come. If you're gonna be that rude and that mean, don't come to the game because you're gonna ruin it for everybody else who actually wants to see the guys play and Sure. want to see them play. Like, what do you setting an example for the kids that are coming that are fans?" You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what you got to look at. And it's okay to be a heckler, like, college, yeah. and like, college, when I was in college, you know, Oregon, Oregon State, the Wazoo's, they all called me Gary Coleman, and I was like, yeah, who? ooh, cool. <laughs> up on watching, uh, watching Gary Coleman, and I thought it was pretty cool, and I just wanted them to shut up, you know, so I would just go out and ball out, and I was like, yeah, so I would bring my mom to the game, and she would have Gary Coleman's mom, what <laughs> you, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, you just, you, you play into it. It's more of a fun, you know what I'm saying, fun gesture in college. But when you get into the pros, it's like, you know, they feel like they're, like the, some fans can just say what they want, and we can't, we don't have the right to
1: respond the way we, we, we want to. Yeah, Nate, you know we've shown our edge a little bit. You know, there's actually some young kids that are in this chat that may not know who the hell Gary Coleman is.
0: Oh, man, Gary Coleman is, <laughs> I want to 'Cause they hate being called that. He's what, I would say a little person, a dwarf.
1: Yes. Age.
0: Uh he just looks like a little kid, but he's a grown man. And I think any man like this is like that. So there's, there's a couple couple famous people that have made it uh have made it famous uh, that have that I would say disease or I forget what it is, or down I forget what it is. I can't remember. But Gary Coleman is just cool, man. He he just made it he made it cool to be little. And when I was a kid, like I grew up watching my mom. We all fans, and I thought it was like an honor them calling me Gary Coleman. And I was pretty good at basketball, so it worked. So you know,
1: Zach Levine is in a very interesting place in his career to me. He um, says to me. Zach Levine. He's, he's won multiple flame dunk championships. Like you, you won three. Um, you know, got hurt. He came back. He rehabbed, and he's doing his stuff. Dizzle in Chicago with the Bulls. He's um, nice. I like. Him. When I look at him, I see similarities in Vince Carter, and in this, and, and and hear me out before you say, "Are you crazy?" When I look at Vince Carter, when he came to Toronto, he was a dunker. Everybody knew him as a high flyer. But when he went to New Jersey, he added repertoire to his game. He added a, a, a jumper. He added, you know, three-point shot. He was amongst the guys with Jay Kidd and Richard Jefferson. When I look at when I look at. Um, when I look at Blake Griffin, I see the same thing. He wasn't just a dunker. He had a jumper. He added more facets to his game. When I look at Levine, he opted not to participate in the slam dunk contest. He did the three point shootout. He's got a consistent jumper, but he's, he's, I think he's grossly underrated. When you look at Levine, what comparisons do you see uh, to a past or current player in today's and,
0: game? Jeez. Um, I mean, Vince Carter was almost, almost, I would say, oh, damn near hit it on the on the head. I would say, you know, Zach got a, a little cuz he can, I like I like Zach's game because he can create off he can create his own shot for himself and others. Mm-hmm. You'll be able to do that that makes you almost unguardable. One, he has athleticism. So when he gets by guys, he's dunking it. It's easy. Guys don't even want to jump with him. So he has a lot of things that's going in his favor and he has developed, you know, his game over the years from, you know, when he came in the league, when he had to be patient and wait, when he still had everything he had now, it just wasn't magnified because, you know, the team he, had, he was on and he had to wait. And when he got his opportunity, he came in and showed that he can really, you know, ball. It's not just a dunker. You know, he did the three-point contest. He plays defense. He does everything. Everything you ask, he does. And people don't understand Zach Levine's like 6'7", almost 6'8". Like, he's taller than what most people think. Like the, the man could fly, and, and, and the one thing I love about him and his game, his work ethic. Him and his dad, they really grind so hard. And when I seen, when he tore his ACL, I knew he was going to come back even better because of the work that he puts in and the rehab and attacking and being you know, ready for, the, you know, for that moment. And he's shown that, and he's proven that he's one of the best players in this league.
1: The Bulls have Kobe White. Uh, they have Wendell Carter Jr. Um, what are the Bulls missing? Nate Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me more. Nah, I'm teasing.
0: Not nah, for real. The Bulls, I would just say, man, they need, to get, they need to get a couple more dogs around them guys. Guys that want to rebound. A, a Joe Kim Noah. They need a Luau Dang. They need somebody of that type of you know, caliber uh, of, Bulls, of Bulls basketball um, you know, to, to get around the young guys. Because, you know? you know, Zach, you have your score. You have the guy that can lead you. Uh, you know, to 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 many games now. You need to put some more pieces around them to help them to you know to be that contending team uh, and make it in the playoffs and, and go far.
1: Kendall Gill does uh, the, the the Bulls broadcast on NBC uh, Sports Chicago. He told me on the Scooby Radio podcast that um, if the Bulls were to find a way to bring Derrick Rose back, a backcourt with Derrick Rose and Zach Levine would be unstoppable.
0: That'd be fun to watch too. Like uh, okay fun to watch like especially the route that D Rose had, you know what I'm saying? The struggles that he had to go through and come back and and play at, at the, his best basketball I think uh over the years has been unbelievable. It's been a fun a fun uh you know ride to watch. He's been doing his thing and, you know, for a guy to uh, to go through so much turmoil man and, and tragic man it was it was it was fun to watch his career develop like it did. You know, and I know he would – I mean, I know he would love to come back home and play in front of the, uh, his home crowd and, and ball out again and, 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 and be a Chicago Bull. Uh, that would be pretty fun to watch. I, I, would, I would definitely go pay to watch him play in Chicago.
1: You, uh, having played for the Bulls, I tweeted the other day um, that I was going to have a Chicago Bulls killer on Instagram oh, – excuse me, I was going to have a Brooklyn Nets killer on Instagram live this week. You know in New York very well playing for the Knicks. Um, in 2012, you actually pretty much replaced Derek Rose in the Bulls' starting lineup and basically shellacked the Nets when it was all said and done and progressed to the next round in 2012 or 2013. Right. That experience, how motivated were you to come back and forth from Chicago and New York City to put on a good show during that series against the Nets?
0: Uh, honestly, man, it was a, it was just a blessing from God. I was really blessed to have the opportunity Uh, for one people don't understand that during that time I was on a non-guaranteed contract. So they could have cut me at any time, you know, so I was already walking on eggshells. I was the third, literally the third point guard off the bench. Like uh, Kurt Heinrich started, you had uh, Marcus Teague coming off the bench. uh, And then I was, I was next. So I literally had to wait my turn and wait, you know, uh, for the right opportunity to showcase, you know, what I can do. Uh, but God put me in the right position, in the right place, at the right time, man. Honestly, uh, you know, they needed me to perform and do what I did. I came to every practice, every every game, every playoff, postseason, everything. It was uh, it was one of my favorite seasons that I will always remember. You know, Chicago welcomed me with open arms, so it made it real easy to play for the, you know, for uh such a great organization um and then like i said i told people there's magic when you put on that jersey man. you, you feel uh that that energy and that power and that aura that jordan and pippen and them guys laid that foundation down in, in chicago like you feel that when you put that jersey on and i just wanted to leave my mark and wanted to i wanted the fans and the, the people to know like if i ever had the opportunity to play real minutes this is how i'll play and I show I showcased that I wasn't just a dunker and somebody that came to the game for people to just look at, like, some type of, uh, I would say, like, circus act or whatever. But just a, a little guy that really, you know, meant about his business uh, and just, you know, wanted to go out and just, like, cook motherfuckers. That, that was the, that was the like, I wanted to come out and show them that I, I'm a winner and, I, and anybody that's going against me, I'm going to try to cook them.
1: You know, it's interesting. Um, when I look at you and I look at your skill set, um, if I'm not mistaken, you were drafted 05, 0-5, 06. 0-6? 0-5, 0-6. Okay. So I feel like the point guard position, no disrespect to any of these guys, I'm using their names as examples. So you got guys like John Stockton, Jason Kidd, who are traditional point guards. You are a, just an athlete. You're a guard. You can play point guard. You can score like a two. I'm a hooper. That's it, what I think. There you go. But I feel like. That level of play is more normalized in this NBA era versus that era where you still had specialized positions. Yeah, is that I, a fair assessment?
0: I say, I say, yeah. Because one, you got you take for instance Trey Young. Trey Young is a point guard, but he's a scoring point guard. Guys like John Wall, Westbrook, guys that can that point guard can still get buckets and still create for others. Like they're just that, like flat-out hoopers. Steph mm-hmm. Curry's not a traditional point guard. He's more of a combo right. two-one, but yet, yet what? He's a hooper. with all. I mean, there's so many different guys. James Harden. Right. I mean, the list goes on uh, and on. Crawford, Nick Swaggy P, J.R. Smith. Like these are guys that are just
1: playing out hoopers, and you can put them anywhere in the floor, and they'll be successful. And that's just. Do you think our you style of better? Play. Do you feel that you would fit in better at this era versus the era that you started in
0: at? Probably any era, man. I can fit in 90s, 2000s, 20s. Like, what else don't matter. I just, when you love basketball, you learn how to adapt. You learn how to play. You learn how to pick up uh, the game on, you know, on where it's at and where it's going. Like, for me, I love the game. I'm going to play hard. One, that's one thing I'm always going to do is play hard and give them all. So I'm always going to be able to play in any era. Uh two, I can get a bucket and, and I love I love a challenge. I love to play defense, I love to get blocks, dunks, every any and everything. I like to do it all. So I think I'll be able to survive
1: any any uh, I said by any means necessary. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, I was saying, by any means necessary, you're going to get it done. Get what? Meaning it doesn't matter if you, if you score, it doesn't matter if you pass. Oh, or an athlete. By any means necessary, you're going to make that happen. Facts.
0: I'm going I'm to try my best. I'm going to give it yeah. my all, and hopefully it's, 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 it's good enough.
1: You mentioned the Bulls, and I wanted to take a step back for a second because the last dance is what everybody was talking about for two months. Um, you wore a Bulls jersey, you played for the Bulls, you know the magnitude of Michael. You told me on my podcast, Scoopy Radio, you used to visit the Michael Jordan statue when you were in Chicago.
0: Every game I would go there and look, I would just look at it being awe because as a kid being from Seattle, Washington, we only saw Michael Jordan, like, on TV. You know, we never got to see him live. We never got to see you know, what what he built. And when I got the opportunity, man, every game I would go to UC, I would go early and I would drive and go look at that statue and just, I was just hoping like some superpowers would come from it and just go in the game and just go crazy. Um, But just looking at it from my mind and looking at the statue, it just just gave me all my flashbacks of when I was a kid, just thinking about wanting to be like Mike, wanting to wear his shoes, wanting to... the hoop and fly through the air stick your tongue out dunk and every just do all the things that mike did and all the memories he created you want to kind of create like recreate that for your own for yourself you know what i'm saying
1: how old were you the first time you met Mike?
0: first time i met him personally i was 21 years 22 years old i just won a dunk contest and we went to go play charlotte and my teammate quit Richardson me to him, and I was dumb nervous. I didn't know how to approach Michael Jordan. I didn't know what to say. I didn't know, yo, know, Mr. Like Jordan. I didn't know what to call him. I just, I just shook his hand, and he that like a hey, big fan. You know, he was so real. He was just like, oh, nigga, uh, man, I, I, I love your game, Nate Robinson. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, I call my dad immediately. Oh, Michael Jordan. You know my name. You know who I am. Yo, Dad, I could die happy man now. I'm good. I, 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 I did it. So it was pretty cool to know that. You know, Michael Jordan watched my game a, a few times and uh, watched the dunk contest, say he was a fan of the dunk contest and what I did. So, I mean, to be able to, you know, to meet the man that you just idolized growing up as a kid and you want
1: to be like, it was a great accomplishment. What is two things from the Jordan documentary or the Bulls documentary that you learned that you had no clue? either ever happen one well
0: that GM he was kind of getting on my nerves like <laughs> not like knowing that he really wanted to break the team up after they won championships further let me know like like you said this is a business and it's 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 I think it's, it's more than it's more than winning for them it wasn't just about you know it's how they wanted to win not sure on the t- On the players' terms, it was because they felt like it was them that got them to win because they put the team together or whatever uh that kind of that kind of got under my skin a little bit. I was kind of bummed out like dang like behind the scenes, like we thought this team was going to be, be able to be stand well, yeah. forever, and this is the reason why I broke up. It was kind of you know crushing as a as a fan as a kid, you know knowing damn like this guy was like like this with the team, you know what I'm saying it was it was crazy but and then two um. Uh, I would say the, the the crazy thing was just, you know, Jordan like Pippen and Robin and them guys just some of the things that they were doing outside of just hooping, man, like Dennis Robin going to Vegas and coming back one day of like you know what I'm saying, now being in the league and knowing like how they want you to be together with the team, like it's just crazy to see that type
1: of stuff happening back then. It was crazy. That doesn't happen in any other have you do you know from any other situations where players were allowed? But I when to- I played guys were there. Like You know
0: what I'm saying? Unless somebody had a family emergency that had right. to go. Like one time I had to leave. Uh, my uncle passed away so I had to go to Oakland for a funeral. And I got, a, I got what, two days to leave and come back. So, I mean, it happens. Um, but, like, I mean, I didn't think it would be like that. Somebody going to going somewhere to have fun, go gamble, go do something and come back and fly. Like,
1: nah, I never heard of that. You mentioned Oakland. You spent some time with the Warriors. You played with my dude, Charles Jenkins. Um, yeah, my guy. <laughs> you were there at a time where the Warriors were starting to take take shape, if you will. Steph Curry was hurt at the time. Yup. Um,
0: play. Monte Ellis was holding shit down. Uh, we had Daryl Wright. We had a we had a nice little squad.
1: What were the early years like with Mark Jackson and Golden State?
0: Uh, cause Wright was awesome, man. Honestly, man, he. One thing I respected from him, he honestly held everybody accountable of being a place in themselves and then trying to be the best man that you can possibly be, even outside of basketball. Um, I love that, you know, Coach Mark was a pastor. He always, you know, spoke, you know, the word to us sometimes in practice and gave us little scriptures to, uh, you know, to go out and, 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 and like perform and do it the best we can possibly do. Uh, I love that. Um, that was pretty cool. But he was just a – he was a players coach, man. He believed in his players, and he wanted it. – it's all about the players. And he gave me an opportunity to come in. He was like, Nate, you come on my team, bro. You got a clean slate. I don't care what people said about you. This is my impression of you. Show me who you are. And he gave me an opportunity
1: to show that. Why do you think he's so misunderstood? Because he speaks the word, and they don't want, it. They don't want that? Yeah. As a believer yourself, and, and me as a believer as well – I always see comments, like people always say, Mark Jackson preaches the word down the player's throat. Can you clarify that?
0: I I was on his team. He's never preached it down. He forced us on it. He would just, like, when we lead our team, he would lead our team in prayer. I don't see nothing wrong with that. Um, You know, he's saying a couple scriptures on timeouts when we're on TV, and he's trying to give guys uh, uh, some encouragement. I don't see nothing wrong with that. You know what I'm saying? I don't understand why they would that would say that, and it's kind of it's corny, but it's 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 real. It is that's the reason probably why he hasn't had a coaching job because of that particular reason, and that sucks. I mean, even guys like Tim Tebow, now you know Tim Tebow, one of the dopest football players, college football players ever. How you not really give that man an opportunity for real chance because he believes in Christ and he takes a knee and prays, and you got John three sixteen and Philippians four thirteen on his you know. Visible for people to see—that's cool. positivity. I understand why they wouldn't
1: want that. Nah, that's real. That's real. Steph Curry, during the time that you were there, he was there. He was hurt, but what was special about him during his rehab process, during his time with the team? Did you know then what everybody sees now? Yeah,
0: I seen it. I seen it in him because when he was hurt, he was just so down on being hurt. He just really, really wanted to show the world and show the people that, you know, the guy that uh, that can get the job done. And he was the guy that, you know, people believed in. And every day he was in rehab, doing this thing, getting his ankle right, and he was shooting. I've never seen him and Clay, two people, not just him, but Clay shoot thousands of shots every single day. Mm-hmm. Miss each other, shot for shot. And sometimes they would never even miss, maybe one each. Like, going around, like, it was, it was pretty cool to watch and knowing that the repetition that he put in is reason why he can shoot the shots that he's shooting today.
1: You're a free agent. Uh, Jamal Crawford's a free agent. J.R. Smith is a free agent. We're trying to figure out what's going to go on with the season. Are we having it or are we not? The age-old question, what team would Jamal Crawford fit on if, if a team were to sign him? What teams uh, who are, could, could compete in the bubble uh, could use Jamal services?
0: Definitely can use him for sure because, I mean, having somebody that can come off the bench and give you buckets and that can just get buckets, like, especially in times when, you know, a lot of teams are going dry spouts and dry spells where they don't, you know, they can't score and they can't seem to get a good energy. Jamal's one of them guys that can literally start. I mean, I I watched a man score 16 consecutive buckets before in a row. Not points, guys. Understand, 16 consecutive (laughs) shots. That's hard to do. He's every time down court, he's touching the ball, shooting it, making it like that. It's, it's unbelievable. Like he's one guy that I, that I that I've idolized watching how he moves, how he scores, how he passes, just everything. I've watched Jamal since I was in eighth grade and fell in love with his basketball game. Man, he's been you know such a joy, uh, you know, to look up to. And I'm glad I have great role models and, and, and great peers that have shown me the way. And, you know, gave me the confidence that I needed to, you know, to, uh, to believe that I can
1: make it as well. Yeah, I texted Jamal uh, a couple of days ago, and I told him that I was going to be doing a live with you. He texted me back and said, Nate's going to be a fun interview." <laughs> 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 I try to be, bro. What um, – do you think that there is such a thing as bias when it comes to guys like you, Jr. Jamal? and more as to why GMs won't seriously consider signing you guys. Is there such a thing as being blackballed in the NBA?
0: There is, man. I've been, I mean, I've been blackballed, but, I, I mean, I, I think I have, I have the control of, I think, my destiny. I can't just blame it all on them because I, I definitely played a role because I was so young in the league, and I just wanted to be – I was just happy to be there. I didn't care, you know, too much about, you know, we have 80-something games. I was like, bro, okay, we lose next game. Like, I don't understand why it's everybody pouting with sad faces. Like, we don't, like, we're not blessed to be here where we live and how we're, you know, we're playing a game we love, getting paid millions of dollars. Like, we, everybody should be happy. Like, I get that. But we have to do a better job. We have to put, you got to start changing something around and giving different guys opportunities. Right but, you know, here. I'm not the coach. I'm not the GM. I'm not the owner. So, you know, it's out of my hands. So all I have to do is show up. But, I mean, I believe that I was blackballed out of the league and, I mean, I'm 36 now in the best shape of my life and can play with the best of the best, and I don't understand why I'm
1: sitting at home on live talking to y'all when I should be playing. When is the last time that you legitimately gotten a call of inquiry about potentially coming back to a team? 20, what? Maybe 2016,
0: 2017. Uh, a couple teams I was supposed to try out. or well, I tried out for...
1: Was it Minnesota Mm -hmm. for a little tryout when I was uh, doing the Uncle Drew movie and uh, uh, the cast
0: and you know everybody was like you should go because I didn't know if I was gonna go between the hours that we had working making the movie and I was like well I don't want to miss this opportunity making the movie either but they was like yo this is something love you want to do go do it and the director gave me a couple days off to go try out I respect I respect them for that it was pretty it was love Uh, I went had a great workout. Worked out in front of uh, Jamal was there. A lot of different uh, NBA players were there that was on the team. Uh, we was, we had a good run. Uh, shot the ball extremely well. And uh, they ended up uh, picking Aaron Brooks, another Seattle legend. Uh, so, you know, if it wasn't me, it was him. It was awesome. Uh, he had the opportunity to play that season with them. Did a solid job. And, you know, I, I unfortunately had to go overseas that year. And it, it was still cool. I still ended up winning the championship in Venezuela. Uh, and, you know, playing the game that I love. So, like I said, I'll go anywhere in place. Not, you know, the league. I'll play wherever. I'll go, Drew Lee, Dykeman, West 4th Street. Like, I, I'm I'm everywhere. I hope I do it all. So, help
1: me understand something. So, I remember um, I had gotten a tip that uh, J.R. Smith and um, Philly Cheese. We're going to be playing Deion waiters. We're going to have a potentially have a tryout. and they ended up having a tryout and you know, they meet with these teams, they work out, they try out. There's a lot of people that don't know what tryouts entail. We can think of gym class sitting in Indian style, wait for the gym teacher to call. What is an actual tryout like for a free agent?
0: Man, honestly, man, they just put you through a series of workouts Uh, that push you to the limit as you see, test your win. They'll test your jump shot while you're tired, they'll run you and get you real, real tired, and then I'll make you shoot and do all the drills and stuff that they want you to do. And see how you perform, you know, under, under distress, under being tired and fatigued. Um They'll do that, then they'll sit down and just talk with you afterwards and you know, let you know what they're looking for, pretty much what they want you what they want you to be <laughs> uh, all the time. They always do that. Um uh and then they do the evaluation, and they'll give you a call. If they like you, then they'll just sign you and say, yo, we want you to come play, blah, 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 and all that. Or you just got to wait a couple a couple days, and they'll say thanks or no thanks, and you just got to wait. You but, play for Coach Tins. Well, a series of workouts, and then they just ask you some questions previous from your previous teams and whatnot or bring up something that happened, and then they'll just ask you uh, pretty much, you know, have you learned from either a mistake
1: that you have made in the past and how would you handle some little shit? You play for Coach Tibbs uh, in Chicago. Um, many people believe that the Knicks could be a place for him um, as the potential Knicks head coach. They still have a coach, interim coach. Uh, and, and I guess the question for you is, you being a former Nick, you playing for Tibbs, what are the pros of New York bringing him
0: in? I mean, honestly, man, Coach Tibbs is one of the dopest coaches I've ever played for. Uh, one, he showed me about professionalism. Really, you know, being a student of the game, studying you know, the playbook, knowing every position. Just, it's like, like you know, knowing the enemy more than it knows itself. You know, mm. Prepared, and he's always prepared. He always has a plan: A, B, C, D, E, F, N, G. So uh, that's one thing they're going to get out of you know Coach Tibbs. He's gonna he expects every player to practice, every player play, play uh, every player to to bring their A game, and he preaches with defense first because if you play defense, you'll get offense. So if you want to play defense, and you, if you want to play offense, you got to play defense. Uh, I love that about him, and he's just a hard nosed coach. Uh, you know, he's his, his voice a little raspy. Uh, I understand him too much because he's screaming, but his voice is so raspy. But he's a good dude, man. He was real hard on it, you know, especially hard on me, but hard on a lot of players, especially the ones that he really, uh, that he really believed in. Uh, took me a while to understand that. And, and, I mean, he gave me opportunity, so I have nothing bad to say about
1: the man. He's been awesome. You talked about not being able to play in the NBA. Um, you played college football. Um, you're 36. Legitimately. At this point in life, would you consider a career in the NFL? Yeah, I could play football too.
0: I mean, What's that's my opinion. was gave me a little tryout, but if I really like got with a trainer, if I went, like, if I worked out with Chad Ochocinco and worked out with like Antonio Brown and went against some of the best of the best that has good footwork and stuff, I know I would be able to to play in the league. It,
1: Michael Jordan, they talked in the documentary about how he went from when he was retired playing baseball to playing basketball, and there was a transition. I, that, when I asked you about the two things that you learned um, about yourself in the documentary, that's one thing that, that I found fascinating, the fact that even with him transitioning from baseball to basketball, he was still effective. Is that same transition the case with basketball and football as it is baseball and basketball? Yeah, there's no difference.
0: It's just learning the sport, learning the movements, learning the playbook, you know, learning the style. I mean, anybody can learn it. It's just you know how fast can you, uh, you know, comprehend the information, and what you're gonna do with it when it's your turn to actually go out and play and and compete. But most of it is just like within the person, man. If you're if you're a dog and you're a hog, you can do anything. You can compete and do any sport. Like I thought I can go play baseball right now. I never played baseball a day in my life, but. If you put me out there with the guy, baseball guy, you would you would, you would think that I've been playing
1: baseball my whole life. Okay, so football season starts in September. Hypothetically. You're the star you, you play for the hometown Seattle Seahawks. Are you at corner? Are you at running back? Where are they putting you?
0: Wherever they want wherever they need me. That's that's that's, that's what type of player Nate Robson is. You need me on old coach, I can play offense. You need me on defense, I can do that. Special teams. Put me wherever, bro. I'm I'm a jack of all trades, bro. I could offense or defense. That was the that was the beauty of being able to play multiple sports. Is I, I wanna play I just wanna be on the field. Like if you want me to kick and kick onside, bro, I'm I'm gonna kick the ball the best I can. You feel me? Like wherever you want me to play, I wanna play.
1: No, that's real. The NBA season potentially resumes. Do you like the Lakers chances, the Clippers chances, or the Bucs' chances oh. better?
0: I mean, honestly, man, I just think that the Clippers have too much firepower for guys, and they play hard. They play as a team. It's going to be tough to, you know, beat the Clippers, bro. I'm sorry to say that. Like, watching what they've done previous, now they got, you know, healthy PG, healthy Kawhi. They got, you know, Pat Bev. They got Luke Will. They got guys come Like, they got too much. Of, they got too many killers.
1: The Nets have Kyrie, KD. Uh, Joe Harris, DeAndre Jordan, Karis LeVert.
0: No, Joe Harris is from Washington.
1: <laughs> like, Joe Harris, I
0: apologize for not knowing you're from Washington. <laughs> Kudos to you, bro. Welcome. Welcome
1: to the show. When, when did you find that out?
0: Man, I was just randomly just looking. I was like, man, that name Joe Harris. And I was like, man, let me Google this guy. I googled him. I said, where's Joe Harris from? I just, like, from some small part of Washington. I'm like, oh my God, this guy's from right right around the corner from me. So it's pretty good to see another guy, you know, make it out of Seattle, man. Gotta add him to our list. Can't leave out Joe Harris.
1: Do you think that there's going to be a, a huge adjustment, assuming there is a season next season, with KD and Kyrie in year one of them on the court together? Mm,
0: man, honestly, it's going to be fun to watch. They're going to be fun to watch together as you're hooping. Because, I mean, Kyrie style is just, it's just it's so free. And KD is just out there balling and, you know, sniper gang, you know what it is. Uh, he really brings, you know, that championship mentality when he playing. he's playing. He's one of the hardest person as a guard. One of the best players in NBA history. You heard what I said. One of the best players in NBA history. So uh, it's going to be fun to see those two together, healthy and,
1: and, and balling, man. I'm excited for next season for sure. Where do you place KD as as, as those top? You you put him as one of the best players in the history. Where do you place him amongst the greats?
0: Anywhere over Charles Barkley.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Anywhere over <laughs> Sir Charles. <laughs> you are Definitely over Sir Charles, my brother. He's
1: you, a
0: all of He's all of Famer.
1: Yeah, I I think you're right. I, one of your former coaches, Isaiah Thomas, uh, said. I talked to him a couple weeks ago, and he said that to me. He yeah. said. That's He's a, a great
0: guy right there.
1: Do you think um, when you talk about KB and you talk about him being a GOAT, you mentioned Charles Barkley. When I talked to Charles about this, I said, Zion reminds me of him with hops. And he said, you can't compare because he can't run 100 miles an hour and dump. Do you see a comparison between Charles and Zion? And if not, then who?
0: And Zion's way more athletic than Charles. I would say yeah. Charles has more of a complete game. Like Charles Barkley was nasty, bro. Like nasty he was. He was a he was a cold. He was a killer. Uh, I mean, whenever you like, whenever you can get your own shoe outside, like Jordan, seven guys, bro. You know, guilty. And his shoes were fine. Uh, but yeah, Chuck. I mean, he did it all, man. He was he rebounded. He can push the he can push the ball, but he could score. And he was a he was a bigger dude. You know, he was an undersized what? He was an undersized four man playing the three four. He was a he was a beast, man, and like, for, like, just, just for him to even be, like, mention even what a child of
1: Barkley, I mean, you're a legend. Is it too early to make those kind of comparisons for Zion?
0: Nah, man, it's not too early. But, I mean, people are going to do that. Zion's his own man. He's his own player. He's, I mean, no, there's, there hasn't been a Michael Jordan, right? Mm-hmm. But there's been a Kobe Bryant. There's been, you know, there hasn't been the same Tim Duncan that the same another power forward, but there's been a uh, Kevin Garnett, there's different guys, you know, so Zion's his own man. He's his own player. And I think that, I mean, to really compare the two, I mean, you can say it just off of the, their, their, their body builds, you know, the way they play, their style, but now they're totally two different players. Like, you got to put – like, Zion got Vince Carter hops. It's like he has Vince Carter – it's like Vince Carter being – putting Vince Carter hops on Charles Barkley. That's what it would look like. Hmm. Gotta look like what Zion is,
1: <laughs> bro. That's that's crazy. You say that because when I look at LeBron, I used to tell people all the time, a LeBron is more Magic in Oscar Robertson than he is Michael. So when people make those comparisons, it's crazy. But when no, I watch,
0: they're just comparing victories and the rings and him being the the LeBron being the, the one, the best the best player ever. That's what they're they're comparing the best players ever, that's the, that's the two. But
1: when I look at I don't, LeBron. I don't
0: think ever, if you're going to compare anybody to Michael Jordan, it's got to be Kobe Bryant. They play, they look, they they hoop just alike. Like that's the closest we have to Mike is Kobe, not LeBron. But LeBron, I, Matt Johnson, Oscar. you said saying Matt Johnson, yeah. Oscar. Yeah, I, I think. I, but I also think when I
1: look at LeBron, I see Scotty
0: Pickett. That but that's what I'm saying. That's why LeBron, a, he wanted, he's a GOAT. He's one of the
1: mm-hmm. best ever. He's, he's, all, he's all those players. Mm-hmm. I know you, I don't want to take up a ton of time. I got a few more questions. Number one, when you talk Scooby about um, comparisons, um, your former teammate, Stefan Marbury, talked about how beast, Kobe, like, what you say? Marbury, beast. Yes, he is. He told me on the Scoopy Radio podcast that Michael is in a category by himself. Kobe's next. LeBron can't be mentioned in the same sentence. But, uh, but, 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 but hear me out. If Michael Jordan is used as the measuring stick for wins, why do people ignore Bill Russell? Because it's like, Bill Russell's like, I don't know if you read the Bible, like book of Enoch. He's like one mm-hmm. of
0: the guys I took away and will never have to worry about the earth. Ever again have to see him. He's like the Book of Enoch. He that's he's Enoch. He won 18 championships. Just so crazy. How do you not talk about a man that's won more championships than some guys have winning seasons? You feel me? Like that's crazy. Like he's that's why because he just he's you know Russell been through so much, bro. And all the time when he was playing, he was he was playing when racism was at its all time high. You feel me? So, like, with him, that's why they don't mention him, because he's up with the, with the gods. <laughs> that's why
1: he's – like, his, all his accolades are up there with the gods. Kobe Bryant is the closest to Michael. If he had won those two championships that he lost, would we be having a different conversation? You say, what? Okay. So, Michael Jordan is used as the measuring stick because he won six championships, right – yeah. Kobe lost in 2004 with the Lakers when they lost to the Pistons. The Lakers lost in 2008 against the Celtics, right? Kobe has five. If Kobe had won those two, he would have seven. If Kobe had seven, will we be having a different conversation as it relates to the comparisons between Michael and Kobe?
0: Possibly. Possibly. Possibly because of the winnings. Kobe played, what, 20 years in the league? Mm hmm. I mean... With he, one team. would know, be the closest. I mean, and... And he's been on one team. Like, that's what I love about Michael Jordan. He's been on one team doing it. kobe been on one team doing it. And well, technically,
1: wins. Michael was on two.
0: LeBron wins all his championships in
1: Cleveland. Right. You probably can say, and that's the argument, is that... Last question. Kobe Bryant, legend, of course. It's a two-part question. Where were you... When you found out that he passed away, and what is your fondest memory of going toe to toe with Kobe? I need a story.
0: Honestly, bro, I was getting a, I was getting a deep tissue massage when I when I when I uh found out Kobe's passing, and my phone can just kept ringing and kept ringing. And I'm like, man, usually like like this like back to back to back, and I'm like, bro, some lady was like, yo, do you want to get your phone? And I was like, you just have my phone, have my phone. I see stuff on it. Oh my God, you hear about Kobe. I'm like. What and I thought it was like fake news, cause people was like, stop, stop playing on my phone. I had to tell people stop playing on my phone. You lying, like, I don't yeah. Know. yeah. So then I was like, all right. So I sat up and I started going to the social media, started going all the, to the news, and I'm like, yo, this is for real, for real. Like, are they serious? So then I was like, oh, right, I gotta go. I had to leave. So I left, drove home, turned the TV on, and I was just glued to the TV. Like, man, is this is this factual? Like, there's no way. Like, like I thought it was I thought it was fake. I didn't really want, I didn't want to believe it. I think part of me didn't want to believe it. And then the other part was just like, like how, like how's this happen? And then, then it started, then the story started to unfold and it was sad. Like, I just, I didn't know how to feel. I didn't know what to cry, I didn't know what to feel. Honestly, I was just, I would just hurt as a player. As in somebody that you look up to growing up as a kid, watching him grind throughout your whole life. And it's like you feel like you're a part, like you like you've known him personally for so many years. And then to actually get to know him hooping wise, being in the games, him saying what's up, him taking pictures of my, you know, with my kids, uh playing in many games, many battles against him. And he always showed love and always showed respect, man. And it was just I was sad. I was hurt. And I was hurt for his family, for his daughters, his wife, like it was just sad for just the whole the world, the whole basketball community.
1: Yeah, he he was an icon that was
0: lost. I know I said that, but I was I was really sad, and I was just like, wow, like that's why we have to enjoy, we have to enjoy each other, we have to enjoy each other's company, you know, the people that you associate with, you love, the fam, friends, and family. Uh, like you know, we gotta enjoy these times, especially times now. Like it's even getting even worse. You know, our world is, is 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 slowly deteriorating. We just. We got to figure out a way to 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 save it, to save each other.
1: Yeah, you 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 the gospel today, sir. Um, I know I said I had one more question, and it was the Kobe question. But I'm I'm, I'm really curious because we didn't talk about slam dunk Contest at all. Yeah, what's up? You had slam dunk contest short, uh, questions. So I was at the slam. Dunk, I, I was. I, we were both at the slam dunk contest while in Chicago, and I feel as though. There has been no creativity since you and Dwight did it, and before
0: that, Vince Carter. Man, they have to because the NBA doesn't be like they don't like to let us have that creativity because everything is timed. Everything is like the dunk contest has to be done at a certain time. Like, they don't want it to go too long, and it's it's a lot. It's a lot behind the scenes that people just don't understand, man. Uh, but that's something that they do have to bring back as a creativity side, like letting you know guys venture off and bring in talent and fun things and jumping over certain things like you know what I'm saying we just it has to we have to just try to figure out a way to jazz it up. Uh, I believe that we need to they need to add they need to add instead of having a, like you have a dunk contest champion and then like how I just seen on T V they were doing some whoever's the top blockers in the league versus the best dunkers and see who can dunk on each other block. Like that needs to be a thing. Like whoever who's the best shot blocker in the league, okay let's see who can block the most dunks. Like you got you to gotta bring it, make it more entertainment for everybody, man. I don't know. It's just they got to add something more to it.
1: And more I feel
0: like back, they got to bring back playing old like music. Like, back in the day when I was a kid, they used to play their, like, that dunk contest, the, 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 uh, the participant, they used to play their favorite song to get them hyped to dunk. Like, can you imagine that? Guys can bring out certain artists. It's like, you know, like you're going to a boxing match and they bring out the artists. You bring out your artists, you go out and make a, do a song, and you go out and dunk and do something crazy. Like, that'd be
1: fire. Yeah, it, it's it's. I still feel like you were in your own category, but I feel like since Vince, and maybe in twenty sixteen in Toronto with Levine and Aaron Gordon, I feel like Vince shut it down.
0: Robbed a couple of times because he had some crazy dunks. Like he should he,
1: he got robbed this got
0: year. One, and then this year, this past year, he should have shared it with Mister uh, Jones. I think they that should have been equally. Like there's no way. You can't pick a win like a loser. There's no way you pick a loser in that situation.
1: Mhm. Yeah. It's, I don't know, man. I I think that the the slam dunk contest. I mean, I remember. I think when you try to do too much, it it, it muddles the the organic process of what yeah. it is. Bring in the music. Let guys
0: just go in and
1: dunk, and then let everybody
0: be the. And then they gotta let dunk contest champions be the judge. Myself, Vince Carter, Zach Levine, like. Former dunk contest champion. Mm-hmm. We're tired of just random guys—not random guys, but you see what happened with D. Wade picking around. Like, come on, bro!
1: Like that, it can't happen. It can't happen. And then Aaron Gordon made a diss track. Yeah,
0: <laughs> that guy's doing stuff like that. Like, it can't happen. That would say like what we say should go. Like, we're dunkers. Not saying that like Dwayne the and them guys don't know the you know don't don't know dunking because he dunked on plenty of people. Sure. But I am saying dunk contest dunking. Like, we should have the votes of actual.
1: You know, champions. Is there like a board that you got to like pitch that to? Like, do you guys? The NBA, they control it all. Okay.
0: Silverman, man, get, get, get them on the line. Let's chat.
1: Yeah, because you're transitioning to the next phase. You, you guys like you, guys like Iverson, you, you guys like Kenyon Martin, you guys are the young OGs. You guys got the OG status a lot faster just off of social media and reputation than a lot of the OG OGs got.
0: Facts, But the OGs, we know who they are, the guys that really, you know, are about that actually really stand for something. The guys like Stackhouse, uh, you know, Steven Jackson, uh, like the real ones, the real of
1: the real. Brother, thank you for your time. You know what it is, man. Y'all know what it is. Love y'all, where, man. Uh, where I mean, can people where, it. Your podcast.
0: My podcast? It was It was me and Bulls, We had to hold that podcast. We're thinking about bringing it back. I'm not sure yet, man. During this time, I think it'll be pretty cool. But right now, we're focusing on our brand. We have a hold that brand. If you guys, uh, you guys want to follow, go to hold that Uh You can follow us on Instagram It's hold that clothing. But I got some cool merch, some cool uh, shirts and hats, socks, and a whole bunch of stuff that's coming to the brand. So stay tuned, take a look out, keep a look out for uh, hold that clothing. You know, coming to uh, coming to uh, a house near you. You know what I'm saying? Hopefully, everybody can be rocking it. So, brother, thank you.
1: And right, we... This is Scoopy Radio saying, you bring the coffee and I'll bring the Duncan. Come on!
0: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm, Hello Fresh.